This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Professor Stella Anyangwe. Yes, Anang Anyangwe is my next guest. Rotary is in polio now coordinator for Eastern Southern Africa. And that's the conversation. And you know why we're having the conversation? Because yesterday, yesterday was World Polio Day, of course. And yesterday was uh, the 24th of October, World Polio Day yesterday. But we also have, you know, focus weeks in this particular country. Um, and we've had them on a regular, regular basis by, of course, the government of the day. And those focus weeks are every single year where South Africa sort of looks at, you know, uh, the issues of polio, the treatment, uh, the, the, the sort of uh, scares that we might have and what we need to do to adhere to the international, of course, norms and, and, and policies and, and all of that. So South Africa... Um, Yesterday, joined the rest of the globe and the global community in commemorating World Polio Day. In August 2020, and I think maybe the proper date would have been 17 September 2019. Um, and Africa, of course, that's the date for August 2020, Africa. But of course, South Africa on the 17th of September, also 2019, declared free of the wild polio vo- uh, virus. So 2020, 2019, important dates where South Africa is concerned. Another important date where South Africa is concerned is 1989. The last polio case in South Africa uh, lost in 1989. And we did see before that, we saw an outbreak in this particular part of the world, which is South Africa in Gazankulu. Uh, and that, of course, would have dealt with uh, a huge amount, and that particular outbreak would have dealt with, of course, quite a, a large number. In recent times, we've seen uh, massive polio drives in Mozambique, Malawi, Zambia, also Zimbabwe, and Zimbabwe, of course, following the, 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 the route that Mozambique, Malawi, and Zambia had taken, of course, because not necessarily bordering on any of those countries, but um, we do have travel across borders in some of these countries. And even into South Africa, we have porous borders, we have the travel of people across borders, and, you know, uh, you've got to be on the uh, up and up in your particular country all the time. And so in August 2020, Africa was declared free uh, of the wild poliovirus. And I also want to just, you know, bring in the Professor Anyangwe and to talk about the wild polio virus versus the other, the more clinical of sorts. Unfortunately, in 2022, there was a polio, co- uh, polio co- case caused by, of course, wild polio virus, and that was confirmed in Malawi. And that had emanated, and you can apparently trace all of this back, and it was emanating from uh, Pakistan. So they'd gone all the way back and traced it to a particular and, and in essence, I was reading up to that as well, to a strain circulating in Pakistan and uh, the, the, the Sindh province, the S-I-N-D-H province in 2019. Let me bring the professor into the conversation, Professor Stella Anyangwe. Professor, welcome to Power 98.7. Welcome to Power Perspective. How are you? Good evening and thank you for, the, uh, for having me. I'm well, thank you. 
And honestly, you've given such a summary that we don't we don't need to have this conversation anymore. Prof, you 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 you're you're the professor, and 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 I'm the person behind the microphone, and 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 you know you're the you're the expert in 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 all of this. I can do a lot of research, and 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 I've done a lot of research. And let me let me have you know, Prof. Let me just be pretty honest with you as well, from from the the word go. Um, I thought I knew a lot about polio and I thought I knew a lot about the virus and and the spreading of the virus and the surveillance of the virus and and you know uh you know the prevention of course by vaccination and all of these particular things and you know the the human aspect and and other species and and how it's transmitted and and I must tell you that reading and and just going to learn up on a particular matter teaches you far more than you think you know. And then you walk away and going, I learned a lot today. And that is, that, is, that is my space. I learned a lot today because of the conversation we're going to have, me and you, over the next hour. I'm waiting for your question. Let's, let's, let's start with, with the issue then of polio. And, and let's, let's have an understanding of that uh, that issue of the wild polio virus versus any other uh, polio virus, because I've also got an understanding that I think there are three strains in in the world, and generally you would have the the the, the wild and you would have two others. But just just explain and differentiate for us the 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 viruses and and so you've got the wild from which I think is is vaccine derived and you've got the vaccine you just need to, you just need to stop there sure let me stop there <laughs> just give us give us yes, an explanation yes. yes thank you so much i i am glad that we are having this conversation because i think people really need to you've done well you've mm. read quite a bit about polio yeah but the general public hasn't and yeah. as a matter of fact if you walk on the streets on on any given day and any place and ask people in South Africa about mm. polio, yeah. educated people tell you, are we still talking about polio? Is mm. it still around? Mm. So the notion that because they don't see that many people disabled in the streets mm. means the disease is gone yeah. is a fallacy. I mean, that notion is really false. Yeah. And therefore, we need to talk about it. You are right. The mm. wild polio virus is what endemically causes paralytic disease. Yeah. And there were three strains of wild poliovirus. Wild poliovirus one, two and three. Yeah. Two and three have been eradicated from the world. We yeah. still have wild poliovirus one yeah. circulating in only two countries remaining in the world and these yeah. are Afghanistan and Pakistan. Mm. Uh they are of the, those are the two countries where we still have wild poliovirus strain one mm. still circulating. And I must say that vaccination has done a wonderful job over the years. Yeah. You know that the first human disease that was uh, eradicated was smallpox. Thereafter, we looked at low-hanging fruits to see which other disease could be eradicable. Yeah. And it was seen that because polio really can be eradicated by vaccination, Mm. One could try that. And in 1979, therefore, 
Rotary International, with all its uh, uh, clubs, started the first mass polio vaccine uh, vaccination campaign yeah. in the Philippines. Two million children were vaccinated that year. It was a trial mm. to see what happened. And this mass vaccination greatly reduced the incidence of wild polio infection. Mm. And therefore, in 1985, Polio Plus was started. Rotary International started it. We said, well, it looks like mass vaccination works. Let us start it on a global scale. And so in 1985, mm. the first mass vaccinations started worldwide really supported by polio, uh, by Rotary International. But in 1988, then, the Global Polio Eradication Initiative was formed, which is a public-private partnership of, w, of Rotary, which was the initial, the, the, the group that started this, the World Health Organization, mm. UNICEF, mm. the American Centers for Disease Control, CDC, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which is the main funder now, and the Gavi or Global Vaccine Alliance. These six partners formed that initiative with the aim to making polio history. The aim was to rid the world mm. of the wild polio virus. Mm. And so since 1988, a year during which that year, there were 350,000 cases of paralytic polio that year. Yeah. They started mass vaccinations. And I am glad to announce that this year, 2023, as of last week, the 17th or the 18th of October, we have only nine cases of wild poliovirus infection all over the world. And the nine cases actually are in Afghanistan and in Pakistan. There are six cases in Afghanistan, uh, are three cases in Pakistan. Now, these are paralytic diseases that are caused by the wild poliovirus. Mm. You have mentioned in your opening that there are other kinds of of, of uh, uh, a viral disease for polio now. Yeah. Yes, we no longer have wild polio virus all over the world. We have them only in these two countries. And you rightfully said that in August 2020, mm. the continent of Africa was certified as wild polio virus free. That was three years after the last case had been seen in Nigeria. And we all celebrated it with pomp. Prof, but I wanted I to... Absolutely, yeah. Prof, and that's why I wanted. Uh, you know, I've been I've been holding on because when I was doing, I was doing the research. The countries that yeah. I had are exactly those that you that you've given, and then Nigeria popped up as well. Uh, you know, in in that particular space, and then in 2022 there were also two cases. Uh, were there not two cases in Malawi and one case in Malawi okay. and one in Mozambique in in twenty twenty two? But but I get the case of Nigeria and then of course the celebration that I think Nigeria had dealt with it and and had fallen off the list and that two countries remained. Yeah, Nigeria. We we did the certification yeah. of Africa being wild poliovirus free in Nigeria because Nigeria was the last country that had a case, and for three years it had not had a case. Yeah. And therefore, when Nigeria no longer had a case, the rest of Africa, I mean, all of Africa was then certified as wild poliovirus free. Yeah. But at the end of 2021, yeah. one case of wild poliovirus paralytic disease surfaced in Malawi. Yeah. And in 2022, yeah. 
eight cases during the year surfaced in Mozambique. Eight mm. cases. Sure. The, the Mozambique cases were linked to the Malawi cases. The northern part of Mozambique and the southern part of Malawi are next to each other. Yeah. And the cases were linked. But interestingly, none of these nine people who had uh, paralytic disease had been out of their country. You had rightfully said that the strain mm. that had caused their disease was a strain linked to Pakistan. Yeah. That just goes to tell you that you can be in the comfort of your home, not yeah. having traveled, and you can get polio. Because polio is just a plane ride away, it's just a bus ride away. Mm. There are people who have polio who are not paralytic. You can be shedding the virus and not be a case of paralytic polio, which means people could travel and they are looking healthy, but they are shedding the virus. Mm. And if the virus they are shedding, which goes into either the water, uh, 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 water supplies or on food and vegetables that people eat, mm. people who are not immune, who haven't been vaccinated, or in a community where the vaccination coverage is low, Mm. Those people are susceptible to getting infected. Sure. Therefore, if somebody has shed poliovirus here, and we are all here, you and I, mm. and I am not vaccinated and you are, mm. you, we might all consume the same contaminated uh, supplies, food or water. I might get the disease and you wouldn't. Yeah. So it, you just don't know. And therefore, what we are advocating is that every child under five be vaccinated to boost the immunity of that community. It is more difficult for a disease to penetrate a community when the immune levels are high in that community. Mm. And so when we talk about, I mean, the case of South Africa, we should talk about it because when you mention polio, if people in the health sector think we are fine, we haven't seen a case for years. We do vaccinate children. It is true. Mm. However, averages are very deceptive. You can say the average vaccination coverage of the country is 60, 70, 80 percent. Mm. That's an average. But you're not looking at the outliers. There are communities where probably no child is vaccinated. You have big populations mm. of undocumented migrants here mm. Mm. who probably don't use the health services because they don't have papers. Yeah. Who knows whether their children are vaccinated? But they are in the same communities as the rest of us. Mm. And therefore, advocating for vaccination is important. And that is what Rotary does best. We do awareness raising. We raise awareness about polio being around. And whether a, a, a community or a country thinks they are doing very well, we need to look at communities that have fallen off the grid, so to speak. They are outliers. They are falling through the cracks. And where their children may not be getting vaccinated, right here in Pretoria, mm-hmm. uh, there are informal settlements where mm-hmm. you don't know what the children are getting. They, they, they might not be using the health facilities. And therefore, their kids might not be vaccinated. And so we are really advocating. What we do is we've gone to schools and we've distributed flyers for kids to take home to ask their parents, am I vaccinated? Mm. If I'm not vaccinated against polio, can I be vaccinated? Mm. And I'm glad to say that yesterday we were in a school where parents had signed consent forms to have their children vaccinated. 
until we ran out of vaccines because there were so many children. There were over 200 and something children wanting vaccinations. We had only 170 doses available. Sure. So it is important to continue to advocate for vaccinations. It is very important. The sad part is it's not the uneducated who don't want vaccines. There yeah. are very many educated people who are either, you know, they, they, they deny, they, they, they don't outright say vaccines don't work, but then they don't want to be vaccinated. Yeah. And unfortunately, they don't vaccinate their children and their children are a risk to other children. So that's where we are with, with, with the vaccination. Prof, I wanted, I wanted to go to the South African scenario, you know, because there's a couple of important dates there as well. 2006 and, and South Africa is pre- presented, you know, the, by the Africa Region Certification Commission, the ARCC. That's in 2006. And so, you know, uh, we, 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 we get our certificate to suggest, you know, we're in the clear. But then, of course, polio-free status is rescinded in 2017. And then by 2019, we're back in the clear again because we've taken the number of measures that we have to. But, but I'm going to get to that particular you know, point about what are the constants that one has to do because you know, you've got to make sure that you know, your status is not rescinded. I want to get to that particular place. But the question for me immediately maybe is a medical one. And, and I just want to check with you, Prof, on this one. So you, you get a couple of doses to deal with, of course, polio. Uh, and, and in general, I think, and this would be me talking to a prof now, uh, and you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, prof, it'd be two doses, one, one at birth and one at around five years old, you know, before six years old. Um, let's, let's, let me just assume that Denzel Taylor didn't get one at birth and Denzel Taylor didn't get one when he was five years old, under six years old. And he is now at an age of 45. What, what is the recourse that Denzel Taylor now can do where, you know, that those are the recommend, recommended doses and, you know, any, any person under the age of five should. Is there a scenario where I'm not vaccinated at, eight, at age 45 and I should get vaccinated and I can get vaccinated? Well, to start with, uh, every country has its uh, vaccination schedule for yeah, kids. sure. And there are more than two doses. You get a dose at birth. Yeah. At six weeks, you get a dose. Yeah. At 10 weeks, you get a dose. Yeah. At 14 weeks, you get another dose. Before you get to five, you would have had at least four doses for children. Okay. In many countries, well, here in South Africa, they get an oral polio vaccine at birth. Yeah. and have injectable polio vaccine for the other doses. In other parts of the world, in where I was the World Health Organization representative in four different countries, mm. and in West and Central and Eastern Africa, mostly oral polio uh, vaccines are given for all the doses. Sure. Therefore, kids are vaccinated. When they are vaccinated, they should have minimum of four doses mm. of vaccine. In your case, and there are many, I'm sure there are many adults Mm. who have gone through life Mm. and have not been vaccinated and luckily have not contracted polio. You see, there's what we call herd immunity. It's the immunity of the herd, the group. group. The more people there are who are vaccinated in the community, the safer that community is. Mm. It's like you have... Uh, a, a herd of, of, of you, 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 as like you have a fence around 
a herd of cattle. Mm. If you've got a good fence, it's difficult for intruders to penetrate into that fence area. So, so is disease. Mm. If the immunity of the community is high, mm. everybody might not be vaccinated. But because the immunity is so high in the community, it's, it's difficult for disease to come in. Mm. When you have a community that is porous in its immune status, that is that there are not too many vaccinated people, mm. then it is more easy it is easier for people to get infected because I mean the the, the more people and I, I just don't have the, the the immunity to 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 fight off disease. Coming to your state, mm. when there is a risk, especially in places where uh uh, uh the disease has broken out mm. like an outbreak. Adults can be vaccinated because sure. I mean every everybody can benefit from the vaccine. Okay. You don't need to be a child. Sure, it is, it is best for children to be vaccinated all their doses so that it builds their immunity and they can go through life mm. as immune people. The more people there are that are immune, the less likely the disease will will spring up in that place. Mm. So that's it. Sure. Prof, I'm going to take a break, and when I do come back, I do want to talk about you know those those rescinding and 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 surveillance issues and why a country needs to be you know on top of its game because the status that you are once given and you might be given a status that you are you know polio free and all of that can change. Be, but, yes. but there is adherence. Twenty seven minutes to ten o'clock, and my guest is Professor Stella. Anyangwe, uh, and of course we're talking about, and let me first tell you who she is, uh, Rotary's End Polio Now Coordinator for Eastern and Southern Africa. And of course we're talking about the fact that it was World Polio Day yesterday, and of course, you know, periodically here in South Africa, we do have, for example, 25 April to the 5th of May, we had sort of, you know, world polio initiatives in this country where we have a focus week, and South Africa does that as a country. But let me bring Professor Stella Anyangwe back into the conversation. Prof, the question I was about to pose to you before the break was was this one. Um, In essence, in South Africa, the last time, 1989, uh, May, but in May to September 1982, we have we had an extensive outbreak, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, epidemic here in an area which was in the former homeland called Gazankulu. 260 paralysis, paralysis cases, 42 deaths, and of course, poliovirus type 1 at that particular point. We get to a place where we are in 2016, no, 2006, and South Africa achieves that whole, you know, certification of being polio-free. And, you know, we celebrate, and then obviously we also celebrate when Africa as a continent in itself is polio-free, Nigeria, bring, you know, being the, being the last to come in. But then in 2017, you know, through, of course, uh, deficiencies in South Africa's routine immuni- immunization and coverage and surveillance systems. Um, it results in South Africa's polio-free status being rescinded in 2017. But given back to us, because then we bring the measures back in 17 September 2019. So it's not about being polio-free and there are no incidences in your country sometimes. 
that you get the certificate. You've, always, you've also got to adhere to all the norms and standards and international grades that are, that are you know, a given when it, when it comes to that particular certification as well, right? Otherwise, it, it, it can be taken away and it can be removed. Yes, you're right. It mm. can be. You're not certified for life. Mm. I mean, it, yeah. you, when you're certified, it means for a certain uh, length of time, you've not had cases. Mm. This really depends on your immunization coverage in the country, as we sure. said, yeah. and on the disease surveillance, the strength of your surveillance system. Yeah. You you don't you don't see what you're not looking for, <laughs> and surveillance is really looking out, making sure that if one case of something comes up like polio, yeah. you will find it and you will deal with it. Yeah, we have just mentioned the instances in 2022 when Mozambique yeah. had this outbreak. First one case, then rapidly went to eight cases, and mm. all were linked to the case of the previous year in Malawi. Mm. Those countries, Mozambique and Malawi, and the neighboring countries took drastic measures to cut down on this outbreak. Mm. Mass vaccination is the way to go. You vaccinate every child 0 to 5. In fact, they went 0 to 14 to make sure that every child, whether they remain bad, whether they have been vaccinated or not, every child got vaccinated. Mm. And they brought, you know, they owned in the, the outbreak. The outbreak was cut short. Mm. You've got to do that. But you don't wait until you get a case before you do that because you must be on the outlook. And if you, uh, your surveillance is good, you, you, mm. your systems are strong enough mm. to ensure that when there is a case, mm. you know it is. And I can tell there are other diseases that cause paralysis, not only polio causes paralysis. Mm. Mm. And therefore, mm. if a child comes or an adult, somebody comes down with paralysis, the system must be robust enough to be differentiate whether that paralysis they're seeing is of polio origin or of some other origin. Yeah. If your surveillance system is not strong enough to do that, then you're, you're, you're not doing well at all. Sure. Prof. And therefore... Okay, carry, system, carry on, Prof. I, I, yeah, I must, I must stress this. Health system strengthening mm. is a big thing. Sure. I mean, it's not only the vaccination that you're giving children. If there is no clean water, I mean, you you you, know, you don't have it. You, there, there must you know to to bolster a child's uh, immunity. You not only have the vaccines, but mm. you have primary health care, nutritious meals, clean water, sanitation, mm. and all of that. They all go hand in hand, mm. and these are things that must be done. Many countries think these things are luxury; they are too expensive. Mm. But, you know, what you spend in doing that would really reap value because you would be spending a lot less curing disease if you did that in the first place. Sure. Prof, let me, yeah. let me, let me just look at the su- Southern African uh, region. And, 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 of course, you are the coordinator for Eastern and, and Southern Africa. And there is a lot of movement, as we, as we would have seen with Malawi and Mozambique. There's a lot of movement. And that movement doesn't necessarily need to just be a cross-border you know, movement. Um, uh, that particular you know, strain circulating in Pakistan, as we said. So you know, it does get on a plane and does travel mm-hmm. also. But, but we're in a country where you know, we are having difficulties with, with porous borders and, and, and you know, people who come across borders undocumented in large numbers. 
and mm-hmm. and I would not assume that South Africa is by any means the only country experiencing that. I would I would imagine that you know Southern Africa ex- is experiencing you know the movement of people across borders. Now, in South Africa's case, it might be a lot more undocumented across a porous border than in other instances. In South Africa, too, in in some of the instances, we've got the migrants that you talk about, we've got the refugees, we've we've got inner city slums. We saw what the building, you know, burning down the other day and, and, and why that had particular happened. We've got risk areas, we've got informal settlements, and on and on and on. So, yes, we, we do have the surveillance maybe issues in hand. And yes, we do have the herd immunity, you know, maybe in hand. But it's but for a Southern African country like us, it's it's probably a concern all the time. Would I would I be right? Just having having given you and sketched the, the, the sort of Southern African scenario. Well, I, I, the, the suggestion that because people are coming through your borders, whether they are undocumented or not, yeah. the, the suggestion that they are not vaccinated from where they come mm. is, is, is false. Because you could be having people crossing. I mean, the people who cross into your countries might be people who, who had their kids in their countries and yeah. they were vaccinated. Yeah. So no, nothing says that people who are coming into the country... Yeah. Are not necessarily vaccinated. That's no, where I'm going to. Yeah, so no, that's the, and there's just no way yeah. of checking whether people. I mean, polio is not a disease that you ask for a certificate at 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 your at your at your point of entry. Yeah, even if you're entering legally, it's not one of I, the diseases for which we we need a certificate. Yeah. Uh, you know, a a a, 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 um, a vaccine certificate. No. So. It's in country. There yeah. are, in fact, the people who are more at risk would mm-hmm. be children born inside South Africa, but who don't have access to health services. And they are such. There yeah. are quite a few of them. Yeah, they could be born here. Yeah. But because they are undocumented, they don't go for the regular checkups. They don't mm-hmm. go for vaccines because they are afraid somebody will ask them for their ID or mm-hmm. something, and mm-hmm. they don't have one. <laughs> and I think that's Those that's I think prof that's exactly the point I'm making and 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 the furtherance of my point is is that I when you when you say the strengthening of the health systems I would suggest also the strengthening of all other issues as well where 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 you know surveillance would be concerned because the more you're not surveilling and the more you're not on the ground and the more you're open to all of these particular things then um you know the the chances are that you you would have a random you know instance here and there i think that's that's also the point i'm making which is the point the point you're making as well but i think you've added to the the, the benefication there of suggesting that it's actually the young children then in those specific instances that are at risk in in those particular you know uh, examples here in, that, that's right. You know, yes. primary health care, primary health care is vital yeah. in this. And primary health care, we say, I mean, people should be as close to health facilities as possible. Yeah. And the health facilities close to them should be able to cater for all their health needs. Yeah. Uh, South Africa has uh, lower level, I mean, health centers, health posts, health clinics. Mm. hospitals, reference hospitals. 
and the 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 people should be as close to any of this as yeah. possible. Now, when people, irrespective of the distance of yeah. the of the facility, mm. if people have no means of getting there, that's a problem. Mm. Joblessness is one. So we are not even talking disease here. The fact that yeah. people have yeah. no work yeah. and can't go to a, can't take a, a, a public transport, they have no money to go to our place. It's an issue. And not everything is free. They might go to some place and they need to buy. Uh, uh, whatever it is, services to p- the payment, out-of-pocket payment is an issue. You don't have health insurance yet. Mm. So there are all kinds of things, and that's where the health system can be. All of these things are roped into the health system. A robust health system includes all of this. And we are going back to primary health care. Make health as close to the people and as, as, uh, 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 um, mm. as, as possible to get. Sure. You know, as possible, it it is essential. But of course, as we've said before, there are other things that come in. Mm. It is the food, the meals. Do they have food to eat? Do they have clean water? We're Mm. still talking feet toilets. How do people get infected? You know, it's it's tools all over the place. So sanitation and all of all of this from the health systems and that robustness must be there to be able to counteract the the disease we're talking about. Sure. Prof, let's get to the disease we're, we're actually talking about. Um, and, and uh, you know, currently no cure, dangerous and, and, and no cure. Uh, but, but, of course, the point you've made can be, you know, prevented. And, and when there's a, an effort by, you know, the entire world to, to, to eradicate something, it just shows you how successful we, we can be. Let's let's just start with with symptoms and 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 how you begin to to understand it. So so in in essence, I think the symptoms would not first be seen by by a doctor or a medical individual. The symptoms would would be you know derived first from I, your experiences and then in a in a community environment. What what should people be on the lookout for? You know when when we when we are beginning to to look at you know what what we're talking about here, polio. Uh, a, a, a child usually, I mean, it, uh, usually polio is a, ch- it's a disease of childhood. I yeah. mean, it's below five. Yeah. And a child would be at home doing their normal things that children do. Yeah. And the child would get a fever. Yeah. And shortly after, they might start having weakness in one limb. Usually, it's one limb. Mm. One, one, one extremity, one limb, it's one leg or something. Yeah. Sometimes one leg and an arm. Yeah. But the parent, usually it's the caregiver, the parent who notices that this child has a fever or mm. had a fever yesterday and today they can't quite move this limb. Yeah. And very, very rapidly, that limb becomes paralyzed. That limb cannot be used. And the parent or the person in the house raises an alarm. They, they, they go get somebody. Something is happening. Mm. My child can't move their limb. And that is how it starts. Mm. So, the, 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 so parents or home, home people, home caregivers must know that they need to alert someone. If a child has had a fever for a short time mm. and a limb is becoming weak or has become paralyzed, Mm. They must immediately alert someone. Sure. That alert then sets a chain of things happening. A stool specimen is taken, which is sent off for, for analysis in a laboratory. Yeah. So the assumption, therefore, is that in a community, 
where people live, there is a person, either a community health worker yeah. or a health facility that a family can go to to make this complaint. Because mm. if there's none, then this, this child stays at home, they give the child Panadol for how many days before yeah. you know it is weak and, and the child is paralyzed completely. Yeah. So there must be that. And then the second part is when the stool is taken, it has to be rapidly sent to a laboratory competent to mm. look at it mm. to decide what that is where they will find the virus in, in, in the stool. Sure. And then you can you know, declare that this is a case of paralytic uh, uh, infection by a polio virus or by whatever else. Sure. Now you mentioned that there were other vi- uh, viruses. It's true. Yeah. There is what we call vaccine-derived polio, which means yeah. that the person has not been infected with a wild polio virus, but has been infected by a variant of that wild polio virus, mm. which comes from somebody who has been vaccinated. Usually when you have oral polio vaccine, the oral polio vaccine that is given it's a live vaccine. It's a live virus yeah. which has been attenuated. It has been weakened. It hasn't been killed. Mm. It is the best vaccine actually for polio. It's live. It's weakened, but it gives a good immunity against polio. Mm. But people who are taking the oral polio vaccine shed virus in their stools. Okay. Now those viruses shed in the stools if they are passing the stools in a community that is not very well immunized. Mm. That uh, viruses can become deviant. They can mutate and go back to the original wild poliovirus state mm. that, that infects people. Sure. And so we come back to the, the herd immunity, the immunity of a community. The better a community is immunized, the stronger the immune uh, uh, the coverage of a community the less likely that this variant virus will infect people. Sure. Whatever the case is, be it variant virus, be it wild poliovirus, the symptoms are exactly the same. It's a paralysis, a rapid onset paralysis, usually of one limb, and usually it follows a fever. And what we say, like if you're not looking for, if the parents don't know what to look for, mm. then they're not thinking polio when this child has a fever and a limb is getting weak. Therefore, we need to raise awareness. We need to send the message out for parents, families to know that a fever is a common thing. Children have fevers for all kinds of reasons. Mm. But if a fever is followed by a weakness of a limb, mm. then they should quickly notify the health, uh, uh, health, uh, health workers. There are many, I mean, you can't have a health worker in every community or a health worker in every household. And so in many countries, they use community health workers, people who are not trained medically, but who have been trained in looking out for these things in the community. So that if a person comes and says, my child had a fever mm. and the child's limb is getting weak, that mm. health worker knows who to contact. Sure. It's as important as that, yes. Seven minutes to the top of the hour. Rotary's End Polio Now Coordinator for Eastern and Southern Africa is with me, Professor Stella Anyangwe. And we're having a conversation, of course, about uh, the fact that yesterday was World 
Polio Day. And in essence, also 25th of April to the 5th of May is when we were talking about polio in this country. What an, what an absolutely uh, fascinating conversation to have, of course, with a prof and an expert on all of these particular issues around polio. Let me bring the professor back. And prof, so... The, the transmission of, we were talking about the symptoms to look for, the, trans, the transmission of, and, and I think the transmission is, is, is what you were saying in your story, in essence, you're talking about the stool, and I would presume it would be an, a stool to oral route, and from that discarding of, of the stool and how you discard it, um, you know, in communities also would lead to, you know, water and contamination of water. But it, and, 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 and I want you to differentiate for me, you know, the, the, the transmission of it. Is it, is it in the stool and, and, and to oral route? Or is it also in the stool, in the environment route, in the water and other that one then can, you know, um, you know, that it can be transmitted in a particular way? Just Please just, you know, explain to us on, on, on that particular one. You have explained it. Uh, it's, a, it's, a fecal, it's a fecal oral transmission. Sure. Uh, either you, uh, you get in touch directly with yeah. the stool yeah. that is infected, or if that stool infects, contaminates your water supplies, mm. your vegetables. I mean, people go to a farm and defecate on the field, mm. and there are lettuce plants there or other vegetables, and the people get the vegetables and they're not well washed, the virus can infect uh, 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 water and, 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 and vegetables and foods, and it goes in through your mouth. Yeah. It, goes in through, it doesn't go in through your skin. Yeah. It's not when you're wading in the pool or you're walking in water. It goes in through your mouth. Yeah. And so that's how the transmission is, and it goes in through your mouth, and the virus replicates in your in your in your gastrointestinal system, mm. and that's how. You, I mean, every it's only one in a hundred people who get infected who will become paralyzed. You yeah. all, we all might be drinking contaminated water, but not all of us. Only one out of a hundred will get paralyzed. Sure. So depending on your immune status, yes. So, so you can see, you can, you can have the virus in you replicating and passing out, being passed out in disease. And you're healthy and well and going about your business. Oh, wow. And you're, you're yes, mm. because you, you, you can be a well person okay. defecating virus. It doesn't mean oh. because you have the virus, you are paralyzed. Yeah. No, it's only a proportion of the p- people who get the virus, who become paralyzed. And I would assume that mm. the less immune, the, the less strong your immunity is, mm. the more likely it is that you will become the one uh, paralyzed. That is why it, non-vaccinated children are the ones being paralyzed mm. because they've mm. got no immunity against the virus. Yeah. I think, so Doc, I think, Doc, I, I had made an assumption, uh, you know, because it was a because it's the nervous system and impacts the nervous system. 
and 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 I had thought immediately thought that you know um, you know when when you do pick up the virus, all the other you know begins to happen to you, and 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 I like the way you've 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 explained that particular one, Doc. Let me let me, for those in the one hundred and unfortunate then to to then you know do pick up the systems and and the paralysis that's beginning to happen because you know there's an impact then on the nervous system. Let me let me ask you with that, you know, absolute, you know, horrible statement that I made in the beginning as well, that there is currently no cure. Uh, and it's an absolutely... It, it's, doctor, it's not a horrible statement. It's a statement of fact. Yes, but, but I mean, I, I make you it... You don't cure it, but yeah. you, manage, you manage it. And, you and, manage the disability. Yeah, and and that is that is the the question and the point that I was coming to, Doc. And you know, and in in as much as like I said, it's a horrible statement to make that it is there and there is no cure. Like you point out, it's a fact. The question I I, I was I was and I'm about to po- pose to you is with the advances in medical, and once you've got it and you know it's in your system and you begin to show the the you know the all this the systematic impact of it does does modern medicine help to reverse some of the symptoms that one can begin to show uh having made that horrible statement that i make that there is no cure no once your once the limbs have been paralyzed they are paralyzed okay I mean, you you don't go back to being unparalyzed, yeah, no. Yeah. But you can live with your disability. Therefore, people who are paralyzed and who have physiotherapy, they are taught how to do things. Yeah. You've seen you've seen people. Uh, they're functional people. Yeah. You have polio survivors who are living normal lives because they have worked their their muscles. You need to work. The, we have what we call disuse atrophy. Yeah. Whatever muscle you do not use will atrophy, will, 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 will become dead. Mm. So you, your muscles have to be worked. And so there's, there's still some, some use to them. Even if you're not fully, fully able, mm. you are differently abled. That's how we call them because yeah. you, yeah. you're well managed. So you might use calipers. You might, I mean, there are different medical things to do mm. you can be in a wheelchair if that is the case you can be in a walker mm. there are all kinds of things and yeah. yesterday i visited a, 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 a company here called jumping kids <laughs> that is fitting people with sometimes amputations sometimes paralysis fitting them with prostheses and limbs to to suit their their their, their disability there are all kinds of things to do Mm. You can live with a disability, and I know many polio survivors who are successful people in life, mm. but you cannot undo the paralysis. That's the point. Sure. And the, but the good news you should be spreading on the program is that this is preventable. Yes, exactly. Exactly, get, yes. We don't want to get to the place where we are trying to cure it or yeah, trying to do yeah, things. Absolutely. We can prevent it. And vaccination is the prevention. Mm. And as long as there is one child in the world who is not vaccinated, all other children are at risk mm. because it's not, I mean, it's not we versus them, mm. well, the rich versus the poor. No, that polio knows no boundaries. Mm. It will infect anybody who is non-immune. Yeah. And therefore, vaccination is the way to go. And of course, as we say, vaccination, like I've mentioned before, 
people should be out there who are doing surveillance, not only of the disease, but even of the environment. South Africa is not doing mass immunization because mm-hmm. I am told that the disease, the environmental surveillance here is good. So there is periodic surveillance of wastewater, of environmental uh, uh, water effluent mm-hmm. to make sure that the test, the test these uh, samples at a, on a periodic uh, basis to make sure that they don't find any poliovirus in this. Because you remember last year in the mm-hmm. city of London, in the city of New York, poliovirus was found in the wastewater, which means there's somebody in the neighborhood mm. shedding poliovirus. They are not paralyzed, mm. but mm. they're shedding the virus. And so, because not everybody who is infected is paralyzed, you mm. might not be able to pinpoint and say, oh, Stella Anyangwe has yeah. polio. Yeah. You're walking all over the place looking good, but shedding virus. And therefore, environmental surveillance and disease surveillance are two important things to continue to be able for us to be able to say well we are fine and i want to come to your last for your mentioned certification being revoked and all yeah. just because um, mozambique had eight cases and malawi two cases the previous year yeah. did not re- revoke our certification because their outbreaks were contained very quickly mm. if the the certification commission see that you know how to curtail your outbreak so there was immediate mass vaccination disease surveillance was ramped up you still have some leeway so it is not that for every case that comes up they will say well we are taking away your certification no you've got to be able to prove that you can handle an outbreak and handling an outbreak means the disease is quickly detected and quickly dealt with so to, so that there's no spread. Gotcha. And we are glad that since the year 2023, we haven't had one single case, neither in Mozambique nor in Malawi. So we're doing well in that, in that area. Even Pakistan that had 20 cases last year, they've had only two cases this year, which means they're doing something right. Gotcha. But my last point is the peace process. When you have a place that is, there's turmoil, there's no peace, then health workers run away and children are not vaccinated, the risk of infection is high. That's why Afghanistan is having such a hard time, because of the fact that a lot of the health providers were women and the Taliban drove them away. They don't want women out working, so they can't vaccinate. We are looking out for what is now happening in Gaza and the Israeli place. All the facilities are broken down, which means for the past two weeks, I don't think any child has been vaccinated. The child children who are being born, the children who are due vaccination. So when there is instability, especially with the disruption of the civil uh, society and peace, the risks of non-vaccination are very high. Sure. And we sure. usually what would follow is that disease outbreaks will, will spring. Yeah. Prof, I'm going to thank you for an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for coming on to Power Perspective tonight. It's really, really appreciated. I am very grateful to have been given the opportunity. And thank you for spreading the news. That's Professor Anyangwe, Stella Anyangwe, Rotary Zen Polio Now Coordinator for Eastern Southern Africa. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.